What is going on, world? And welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined as always by Mr. Charlie Bud, and today we are recapping the 2023 Academy Awards. That's right, people, the Oscars, and for us, that's kind of a big deal. You know, we usually like to put in some predictions, you know, watch some of the films, and then obviously give some feedback. But this year has been a little different, and this show was a little different. We know following 2022's uh, event between Will Smith and Chris Rock <laughs> that most people tuned in eagerly to see if there was going to be any more um, controversy. But fortunately for us, things just kind of uh, went as they usually go. And so, Charlie, I know we, as I said before, hyped this up because this is a pretty exciting night for Hollywood, for movie lovers everywhere. And we did have some uh, some money up for, for grabs here, some money on the line. Uh, just give me your initial thoughts. We'll, we'll start right there. So with that, what you got? Well, Palmer, you know, it was kind of what I expected with the one exception, as we were talking before we started recording, All Quiet on the Western Front kind of was a dark horse. Now, we haven't yes. seen that, or neither of us has seen that movie yet, so it's easy to have it sneak up on it, but I would kind of agree, I think you and I would both agree that Hollywood just loves these kind of movies. And the movie looked <laughs> literally so similar to 1917, but uh, here we are. Um, yep. So, but anyways, outside of the All Quiet on the Western Front, you know, I kind of saw everywhere, er, everything, everywhere, all at once, kind of sweeping, and mm-hmm. that's exactly kind of what happened. I mean, I mean, not kind of what happened. It is what happened. I think they took home like nine or ten uh, Oscars or something like that. Yeah. Um, big awards too, dude. Big, big awards, and I think hilariously was like the most a movie's ever won for. Um, <laughs> Really? Yeah, the most a movie has ever won an Oscar. Um, mm. I think so. Movie. I think I think the movie like I, because there's obviously Titanic is the most nominated film or something like that. Um, but everything everywhere all at once I think is the most awarded in terms of Oscars. You know, mm. so um, and it did win a lot. I think it won like pretty much all the acting categories with the exception of like one. Um, right, like male lead actor in a male lead, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because they didn't have one, they didn't have anybody there, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they won all that. Um, I think they won best original screenplay, they yeah. won um, best director, best director, best picture. Uh, yeah. what else did they win? Um, I want to say, like, uh. I'm going to just look it up because yeah. that, that'll just be easier for me. It won seven Oscars, so it might not be the record. Um, but it won Best Film Editing, All the Acting, Directing, oh, Best Picture, yeah. and Best Screenplay. Um, so that's that's great. That's awesome, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think that was kind of expected uh, for me. I almost like, as I was watching it, I was just like, yeah, I think. Um, I was like, Michelle Yu's going to win. Um uh, Kehi, I'm probably pronouncing these names wrong. Kihi Kwan. Kihi Kwan was going to win. I was actually, Jimmy Lee Curtis was a surprise. Dude, a little bit. I called it, like, in, in our predictions, I said she probably would, but I, like, also was conflicted because I, you know, wanted Angela Bassett to win for Black mm-hmm. Panther with Connor forever, so. Yeah. Um, oh, that was man. a little bit of a surprise to me, just because I didn't really feel, I mean, like, somebody mentioned that, like, just because her character wasn't, like, 
you know, uh, super deep doesn't mean that she, they can't give good performances. And I'm like, that's true. But also, like, to me, it wasn't the most, like, you know, out. She didn't, like, steal every scene that she was in for me. I mean, you know, like, she was great yeah. in her role, but yeah. it, it just kind of seemed like, oh, you know, we forgot to give you an award for another movie, so here we go, <laughs> oh, okay. and gave you, like, the Oscar, because does Jamie Lee Curtis deserve an Oscar for some, like, for her work in general? Yes. Um, was everything everywhere all at once the movie to win that award? No. It's like when the Academy gave Leonardo DiCaprio the Oscar for his for performance the in The Revenant, when Bro. his best performance was Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, you better freaking believe it. Yeah, man. so they're Gosh, just like, oh, we're going to correct our mistake and kind of give you an award. Now's your time, Leo. You have proved yourself, kind of thing. So I think they kind of did that with Jamie Lee Curtis a little bit. And also, maybe to show some love to everything everywhere all at once as kind of like a, a film, um, a very represented film. Uh, yeah. Only, and you know what's like, going to be? This is going to be kind of controversial. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't love the performance and not that I didn't think that it warranted an award, but I was just thinking the other day, you know what's interesting? Emma Stone won an Oscar for La La Land. And to this day, I mean, I love the movie. I love her performance. And I'm not like, yes, like that was award worthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't strike me as that, but she has. So it's like, I feel like sometimes they just make that pick and then they just run with it. And I did appreciate kind of the light, like the nuanced layers that Jamie Lee had to, you know, I guess put on for, for this particular performance because she was not only like the little tax person, mm-hmm. but she also had to like be the person in various dimensions and whatnot. And then like the bodyguard. So I just love the movie. So I had fun with it. So maybe yeah. I'm just projecting. I had, I had fun with that, the movie. But. It is interesting, though, that I feel like a lot of people were divided on this film. Like, they were very much I like, agree. there was no in-between or like, oh, I, you know, I liked it. Or it was either people, like, really liked it or they just straight up hated it. Um, I was oh, in the camp. I mean, yeah. we reviewed this movie, like, a year ago. Um, and we both liked it at the time. I mean, yeah. I still like it. I still, I think, I, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with the movie. Um I don't know. I mean, it might not be the most original film in the world, but I thought it was just like a fun kind of take on that kind of like, you know, multi multi-dimensional kind of a chosen one type of uh, narrative that had like kind of a very sentimental message at the heart of the whole thing. So it was just, um, it was fun. It was nice to no. see. Agreed. Agreed. I like, it was like the most complicated way of saying a very simple story. Like that's yeah. what and I, <laughs> I tried to tell my parents that and like my family that we watched it on Christmas Day because I got it for Christmas. And I was like, this is a great movie. And to your point, dude, they were just like, eh, it's okay, I guess. But I was mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? But I think it's just some people are about it. Some people aren't. There's really not a, a middle ground where people are like, oh, it was okay. Like, I kind yeah. of enjoyed it. You're either on one Clearly, there was more people that I guess liked it since it goes in and sweeps the Oscars that night and yeah. wins Best Picture. You know, it'll be a controversial ones, I guess. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I I enjoyed it. It was it was a good movie. Um, but what what about you, Palmer? What were like? What were your expectations going into the Oscar night? You know what? You know what? You know, what surprised yeah. you? Okay, so uh, as we all know, I am the reigning Oscar predictions champion for 2022, and I was determined to win, like take my crown back for this year. But for those of you who are listening, what we ended up doing was adding weight to each category, so not everything was just a one, one point, one point. So that's kind of where I got shot in the foot. Um, I will say this: how disappointed I am with Elvis because 
gosh darn it, I put them down for so many categories and so many times. It was no, 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 no. They're, they single-handedly tanked my uh, predictions this year. So I have a special like amount of hatred, <laughs> not for the movie, but for just the fact that they killed me. And um, yeah, it's just a, a lot of bitterness, a lot of bitterness there. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of sad. Like it was coming down to the wire and I was like, Austin Butler better not win this Oscar because these people have been killing me all night. <laughs> and if he, if he pulls it off, like, gosh darn it, I'm really screwed. So uh, it was it was fine. But no, I was I was so pleasantly surprised with everything everywhere all at once. Um, it was funny, too, just because Jimmy Kimmel, he has like a lot of pretty funny jokes, I will say uh, some of the Will Smith ones got me. Like he's like, hopefully this goes off without a hitch or without hitch. Oh yeah, and that was so I good. I was crying. <laughs> I was like, all right, give them that money. That was a, a good line. That was a good line. But they threw all of the categories back into like being televised. They didn't just have those quick snippets like they did. I think it was like last year and the year before. But he said, you know, we kind of gotta be quick about things and. You had those cringy openings, like where people come out and they start like talking. You're like, please just like hurry it up and get to the actual award. I don't care about the cute little like segment beforehand. But uh, mm-hmm. all in all, I mean, I thought it was pretty smooth. Um, I, I just, I just like kind of watching the Oscars, and I love that we do the predictions because my family who does not watch any movies really, they don't get behind that. They actually get invested in it now because like, oh, hold up, like we, uh, we can actually do something here. Yeah, and no, for those fun. of you who don't know. Our friend Laura, who usually wins. Okay, dude, Laura didn't even finish her like ballot this year. Laura slacking on the job. I know, I know. And Unbelievable. Of all people, my mom won, and my mom does not watch movies. Like Googled in the Vanity, Vanity Fair predictions. And <laughs> I, them in. Bro, even that, like, cause I, I double checked hers with it. She got not to, not to winning like the song, like best song over Rihanna's "Lift Me Up," which. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to be... This is probably the point of the show in which I was most, like, annoyed. So, this man, Chadwick Boseman, did not win an Oscar. Okay. I was emotionally over that. But I was like, the tribute song to him in Wakanda Forever, that, let's be honest, Riri was doing her thing, singing very well. Uh, I was like, oh, that's that's an easy dub. And they had the whole emotional opening, like, you know, this is for the king, like, thank you, king. And then they didn't win. And not to say that Nacho Nacho didn't win. They deserve it because I have not seen the, the film. I kind of watched the like music video. But I was just like, dang. They, they, they just do not like this man at the Academy Awards. <laughs> just absolutely catching strays. Even, <laughs> I know, dude. Even after he's gone. I was like, he's like, you know what? Keep my name out of your mouth. Like, like Will Smith's wife. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith comes back to the Oscars. And just says, like, you know what? No. Just slaps, <laughs> exactly. slaps like the entire committee. Oh my gosh, bro. So yeah, that was um that was a low point for me. But all in all, I mean, it wasn't like a crazy memorable one. Happy for, as I said, everything everywhere all at once. And I, I think I liked some of the, the storylines, like the the Kiki Kwan and then the uh Brendan Fraser, especially because yeah. that man was genuinely shocked when he got the award for oh, the yeah, best actor. Absolutely. And I was just happy like for him. So do you want to kinda like digest or discuss a little bit of the um the winner's there. Yeah, so let's just go through them. So I think for the most part, I mean, we've, we can quickly talk about acting since we like yeah. everything everywhere all at once basically swept those awards. Um, 
uh, you know, I I feel bad for Stephanie Shu because I do think she was the better performer in terms of like Jamie Lee Curtis, but it is maybe because down. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is because of like, you know, she played a more interesting character. Um, mm. but I think there was a lot of depth to it and I thought she brought a really good like wide range of like how her character has to play both like, you know, the villain to, you know, being a, you know, emotionally troubled daughter and that like relationship with her mom and all that stuff and like it's like this wacky kind of fun way and uh i don't know i feel like she should have won and it was nice to I see agree. uh key kwan to um you know come back first role in like 20 odd years Dude, and right. and you know comes back and wins an oscar and it was just like amazing to me to hear him because he was on like a talk show uh, I think shortly after the Oscars, how like nobody was giving him roles. And yeah. I was just like, why? why? You know, dude, he was like short round. He was, I think his name was like Gizmo and the Goonies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was crazy too, because so many of the people who were like in his life, like from before, like Harrison Ford was there and like Steven Spielberg. So it was like a literal complete, like full circle moment probably for him. And mm-hmm. you could just tell like, the emotions got to him. Yeah. I'm also really curious, like, what he was doing for the last um, 20-odd years when he took a break from acting. And, like, I mean, I know he's, like, you know, yeah, nobody would want to work with me or anything. But, like, he was, like, um, you know, he was obviously the kid in, like, the Goonies and, like, you know, yeah. Indiana Jones. And, like, those are, like, big roles to land as a young kid, uh, you know, alongside, like, superstar Harrison Ford. You know, 80s. This is Harrison mega, Ford in his prime. Yeah, yeah dude. 80s Harrison Ford. Like, that guy is the megastar. He's like, I don't even know who you can compare him to today. Like, who's a megastar at the level of, like, uh, Harrison Ford from the 80s? Bro, I mean, I was going to say, just that stretch, maybe, not even really, when Bradley Cooper was getting nominated every year for, like, an Oscar just because he was. But the thing was, is, like, he was in, like, small films you know they weren't like blockbuster hits see exactly like exactly you know they weren't like huge movies like because you know we're in the age of marvel and like every celebrity under the sun is in that movie i haven't seen bradley cooper in a film for years because he's been in like guardians of the galaxy <laughs> he is rocket raccoon <laughs> show some respect um and then the same thing for like a lot of the actors and actresses in in the marvel movies not to I don't want to go too much on that topic, but like <laughs> back in like the eighties, you know, you just had movies like star Wars just come out of nowhere. Like a, just a genuine like blockbuster type of movie. And like Harrison Ford along with like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and all of that, of course, but like is a mega star from uh, that era. Cause he also did Indiana Jones. There's like three of those movies. Blade Runner was probably the equivalent of like how Bradley Cooper was like, you know, just an indie movie kind of star. Um, you know, he, he that that wasn't a big blockbuster hit when that came out. It came out, became a cult classic. And even today, I think Blade Runner is more of a cult classic. Not a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people will hear about Blade Runner, but they they don't they don't know. But I can't think of any like who is a star of the level of Harrison Ford today. The only person I could compare to Harrison Ford. Maybe his star's on the rise, so we'll see where he gets. But, uh, like, Timothy Chalamet, just depending on what roles he takes. I know he's kind of he's, – he's smart about it. He doesn't take, like, you know, the, the big blockbuster ones. I know he does, like, a lot of, you know, indie – He's doing, like, Dune, like which – how much did Dune make? 
did it make like a lot or was it just kind of like a we, we might as well finish this because it's it made 400 finished. million dollars what was the budget um probably like 250 if i, if I had to get 165 so it did make oh, money they did pretty good yeah they did yeah. pretty well and then i, I think return. that's i think that's just domestic i don't know what it made internationally oh. okay it's cool, cool um i'm trying to find that information of like how much you made it international but like yeah that's like a decent that's a good amount of money to make 400 million dollars like yeah, it's not like I'd take 400 million. I mean I don't know how much on average a Marvel movie makes these days but uh, buddy buddy well, I think they at least hit like a bill at least I mean does it I mean like because the top grossing films top grossing films are only like hitting close to 3 billion and only like one or two Marvel movies or not even yeah I guess Avatar is close to 3 billion but well, Let's see how many Marvel movies. Homecoming, so we got uh, the first one uh, is Infinity War. The first one is Infinity War at two billion. Spider Man No Way Home at one point nine. Uh the Avengers at one point five. That's not that's the first Avengers, not and oh and Ooh. oh sorry, Endgame is at two point yeah, seven. Is, two point yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, it's more than Infinity bigger. War. Okay. Um and then you have Black Panther, Avengers Age of Ultron, uh Iron Man three, really? Yeah, um, which is interesting. I thought Iron Man one. I mean, I guess like the. But it came out in 07 before the Marvel yeah. thing was really the Marvel. So like, thing, but so, up, so after Iron Man three, that is the. Uh, I guess there's. Okay, there's quite a number of them. There's like Aqua. Well, Aquaman's not um, Marvel, Aquaman is it? DC, my friend. Yeah. No, it is not. Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel, Spider Man: Far From Home. Um. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it with all the movies that made over a billion dollars. Okay. So the Marvel made over a billion dollars. Yeah, it made one point one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so but I, yeah, I think <laughs> more than so I, I think they're actually maybe they're stumbling a little bit now. So I don't think they're bringing in that much. As yeah, what was the well, Black Panther two? How much did that make? I'm not sure, but Ant Man and the Wasp. I heard that tank. I did not hear the most positive of things. I've not seen it, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Conda Forever made eight hundred and fifty nine million. Okay. So, so I mean, like these are making good money, obviously. But like yeah, I would yeah, say, like Dune is still probably up in the top. 300 you know okay yeah. uh, you know i would yeah. say but anyways um yeah timothy chalamet is definitely on the rise but like i think he's been kind of advised to not do like marvel movies from like no and Leo. i totally i think that would kind of like dilute his brand a little bit you know yeah he takes like more of those yeah. serious kind of roles and like yeah, or you need like the acting not say not not that you don't need acting chops but he like leans into that as opposed to like you know cgi or some of the other things so it's like yeah um, and like Dune is probably like one of his bigger projects that I can think of. Yeah, that he's like a lead in because he was in Interstellar, but he's not like a major. He was. I've never seen that movie. Oh really? I'm surprised. Yeah, bro. Um, I know. I it's been on my list. I just have never like had an opportunity to sit down and watch it. So. That's fair. One of these days we'll do a Nolan episode. Ah, yeah, a little director uh, shop talk there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's in Interstellar. He plays the son of Matthew McConaughey. 
Um, but like he's only in it for part of the movie because the sun like grows up and stuff and then is played by Casey Affleck. Oh goodness gracious. (laughs) What a transition. (laughs) Oh man. uh, And he's also gonna be in that new Wonka movie. He plays um Willy Wonka, right? Yep, yep. That's gonna be interesting. He's filling in like the shoes of like, I guess Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, I suppose. <laughs> who, yes. who took a very Michael Jackson approach? To... Yeah, bro. Michael Jackson wanted to be freaking Willy Wonka. Wait, like in the movie or like genuinely like in real life? No, in the movie. But he sounds like he might also want to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Like in the movie, he wanted to. I think he even wrote a couple songs for it. <laughs> Well, I was like, ugh. he also wanted to be Peter Parker, and like apparently in the eighties wanted to buy Marvel. Wait, he wanted to what? <laughs> yeah, any Michael of... Jackson wanted to play Peter Parker. Uh... I know. Just let that one marinate there. <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Wait, when is that in the sequel coming bro, out? Oh, I don't know, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm yeah. also ready. moving right ahead. Yeah, moving, moving on right along. but uh, so from kihi kwan um what did you think of brendan fraser winning over austin butler did you ever have any hesitation i mean I, I haven't seen either elvis or the whale but i just oh, heard um brandon fraser was almost like a lock for this movie and it was kind oh. of like uh yeah that's what i heard so that's why i voted for him in the predictions um is that like you know people were really praising him he got like a standing ovation at one of the film festivals for his performance in the whale and it's also like a big return for him it was really like yeah. you know uh because he, he was like sexually assaulted i believe in um yeah what? Mm-hmm, by like some hollywood big wig uh, golly yeah um and uh so he kind of didn't you know, be in Hollywood for a long time because of that. Uh, so then now, now he's obviously back with the whale and, uh, it's hilarious because there's only one still image from the whale I've ever seen. It's the same one. And it's <laughs> his face. Like, yeah, it's the freak. It's the same. It's the same yes. image. Always. It's the cover. It's like the poster of the movie. And like people, yep. I started seeing people making memes about it. Like this is the only image I've ever seen from this movie. It's, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> that's it. Better believe it. Yeah, Charlie just flashed the image up on the screen for those of you who are listening. Oh my gosh, that's right, dude. Hundred percent. It's right. the only thing I've seen from this movie. I haven't seen a clip. I've barely nope. seen a trailer. Uh, I it. literally do not know, other than the fact that he plays a very morbidly obese person, I know anything about this movie, and that it's also written and directed by Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Who wrote yep. probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen, so... Being what? Uh, Mother. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oops. He also did him for a dream, right? He did do Requiem for a Dream. And I think, right, he is known for that. Yes, he is. He also wrote Pie in 1998, which I saw A24 was, like, re-releasing. Interesting. Yeah, it looks really weird if you, um... You should watch the trailer. It looks weird. Of uh, Pie? Or, uh, yeah, of Pie. It's um very bizarre. Uh, it doesn't like I was like thinking that this was like a, a true story, and I think it 
might be um, a story about like you know the guy who found Pi or whatever. But oh, I'll, like three point one four. Yeah, 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 Nine, yeah. Six, like the five? mathematical Pi, but it, it oh. looks it looks weird. Yeah, uh, with him at the helm, I can imagine what strange avenues it would go down. <laughs> Anyways, we're getting real off topic yeah, yeah. here, but uh, back to the Oscars. Back to the Oscars. Oh man. Okay, you got. We did actress in a supporting actor. In well, a supporting... going back to the actor though, what, what were your thoughts about Brandon Fraser over Austin Butler? Okay, so I had actually seen Elvis. I had not seen The Whale. Mm-hmm. I thought Austin Butler turned in like, dude, just the change in his voice. And I know it's like kind of been pervasive for him in his everyday life now. Um, but no, I was like, he like did the best he freaking could with that movie. So like I was cheering him on, but at the last minute I was like, eh, I haven't seen Brendan Fraser, but just knowing kind of the story and the fact that it seems like the Oscars are getting away from like their love of biopics. I was like, let me transition yeah, true. To, to the whale. So that that's what really prompted me to go in that camp. And fortunately for me, it worked out. Yeah, that is true. They used to love biopics. Now I feel like they oh. like. Um, I don't actually know what they really like. I don't think there's like a Honestly, theme. The art house, dude. Like the like. Well, yeah. Small art houses. Like, they always love the art house stuff, push. like because they don't want to touch like the Marvel movies. Really, they they kind of mm-hmm. stay away from those. And then like any other blockbuster that isn't like a Marvel movie also doesn't really get kind of up there even though like they'll throw like a best picture nomination for both avatar 2 and for dune and top gun all received best picture nominations but like everybody was like there's no chance you know they're not gonna win even though like they also yeah dune has like the the ability to potentially win a best picture because it is like such a but it's also really hard to adapt and like you know, I don't think a lot of it is just so like if you read the book, it's very in, internal monologues. So like it's pro- it's hard yeah. to convey that on the swallowed like a what do you say it swallowed like a dry throat or something like something like that. Yeah. And then like plans within plans within plans. Yeah, plans like, within yeah. plans within plans. <laughs> like plots oh within plots. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I and also it was just there were ten movies nominated for Best Picture. So yeah. You gotta believe not all of them are necessarily on the same. Sometimes I feel like they try to scratch the surface for. um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, There's not. I mean, like, there's a decent amount of art house films. Like, I honestly thought Banshees and Venice Sheeran would probably do better than it did. I thought so too. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. Because in a way, I think I still think that's probably my favorite movie of last year. Versus like everything, everywhere, all at once. I. I mean, so far, I, I guess I didn't get to see as many films this past year as I normally do. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, I thought Banshees was my favorite that I'd seen. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I did like that one a lot. Yeah. No, that was smooth. That was smooth. Um, okay, transitioning to actress in a leading role. You had Michelle Yeoh winning for everything, everywhere, all at once. What was your reaction? Expected. I almost feel like they had to give it to her in a way like um i feel like that role of her i feel like michelle you has always been a very like iconic 
actress in a lot of the roles she's plays, especially since she kind of got her start as like a martial art, like kung fu yeah, kind of like dude, right? uh, movies, um, like you know, like uh, like Chinese cinema or something. Like she was like in a lot of those action movies, like Crouching yeah. Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Hidden yeah, Dragon, yeah, yeah. Um, and she like did her own stunts in that movie, which is like insane. Dude. Uh, she's so flexible. Like yeah. every morning she has this stretching routine that she starts while in bed just to like get her body ready. I'm like, good for you, girl. Yeah. And like, so I think she like, it was like perfect that she was like the main uh, character and like everything everywhere all at once. Cause it kind of had like, uh, you know, a whole, like, it was like throwing back almost like kind of like a meta reference to her rise as like an actress of being like mm-hmm. this martial art action movie star, like starting out yeah. in like, you know, Asian cinema and then moving over to the States and kind of like garnering more roles, like being a Bond girl. Um, yeah. And then uh, she, you know, does everything everywhere all at once, which is like kind of like this deep multi-layered role with a lot of, you know, uh, characterization that she can kind of invoke and um, also get to throw show off her martial arts skills a little bit and like kind of really like take the center, you know, center stage on uh, her being like an action movie star from like the 90s, 80s and all that. So it was cool. And I think she deserved it. But what were your thoughts? No, dude. Well, the thing about it was I didn't realize she was like the first... Asian woman ever, not even to win, but to be nominated for actress in a, like a leading role. I was like, I think gracious. identifying because I think the Academy, there was somebody who did not like, it was half Asian, but did not disclose oh. that they were Asian. It's a, a stupid thing. Um, and so therefore we can just, let's just safely say Michelle Yu is the first and only, <laughs> the first woman to okay. be nominated and won, win, um, yeah, facts, facts. uh, for first Asian woman to win an, uh, an award. So no, that's freaking crazy to me. Like that we're in 2023. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It is it's ridiculous. Yeah. But <laughs> she, I mean the movie and I loved it because it gave her so much like opportunity to be different people and to show off that range. And, like, there's this, like, underlying manic energy because she's – even when she kind of starts getting the feel for everything, she's still, like, what the F is going on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just pulling that through and then just the emotional journey that she went on, to your point, I think it kind of reflects her own journey throughout mm-hmm. Hollywood. And so I, I really appreciate it for that reason. And just, like, looking at the – like, and I haven't seen everybody on this list – but just it's hard. I mean, I did see Blonde, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, for- I forgot. Anna Diarmas was nominated. Yeah, yeah, I, I sh- love Hon- honestly, she did an incredible job. She did. Really she did. But um, yeah, no, I mean, just so many things were going for that movie and for Michelle that I was. I mean, I couldn't even question it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even question it. Oh man! But okay, I want to ask you the question about best director because I thought this was an opportunity possibly to open it up. You had obviously everything everywhere all at once with the, uh, the Daniels, but then you also had Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisherin, And that was the, I mean, you had the Fablemans too, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. but I was kind of on the, the Banshees train for that. I really had to, you know, pause and reflect to determine where I thought it was going to go. What were your, what was your reaction? On, yeah. Uh, the for best director. I actually did think it was going to go to Martin McDonough, you know, like he's, yeah. uh, I thought from every aspect, Banshees was a really well put together, uh, movie, you know, um, just like the way that like the, 
the performances were really amazing. I mean, so was everything everywhere all at once. But almost like in a way, I felt like Banshees was like really good, especially between our our two main characters in that, and also like the the the, the two side characters, like the sister and Barry yes. Barry Keegan's character. Um, I think that's how you say his last name. Um, go with it. I'll just roll with it. Um, roll with it. So I I did think that. While the Daniels, I mean, to me, it was either going to be between Martin McDonough or the Daniels, um, mm-hmm. because I did like like everything everywhere all at once had a lot of great like uh, it's not like maybe the proper term, but like set piece moments. Like there were a lot of really great like sequences. Uh, yes, the performance yes. is really good. It had a lot of like kind of wacky, funny little turns to them, um, and it also I just loved the direction that they took with, um, like that whole rock sequence. Could almost like be like you know, you know, argued that that you know that'll win them the award just because like <laughs> that idea was just so great and it was really well executed, um, and. Uh, well, I don't know. Part of me was just thinking it was gonna be Martin McDonough was gonna take that home, and like maybe Banshee was gonna was gonna come in and sweep the Best Picture too. But like, mm, um, I, I I I had seen I hadn't seen the Fableman. Steven Spielberg, um, you know he just you know like I I hadn't seen it, but the Fableman's is apparently like his biography or whatever. Yep. Um, so. Cool. I'll watch that one day. I feel like I know a lot about Steven Spielberg's life, so <laughs> you know, I read about it when I was a kid, so I feel like it'll be interesting. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't really see a lot of buzz around the Fablemans in any way, and it did look very Spielberg-esque type of film. It didn't seem like he was, you know, going too crazy with uh, going out of the bounds with that one. Like, wasn't breaking new ground, wasn't taking any risks. I feel like he from what I saw, the clips, trailers, it seemed like he was playing it safe, but I haven't um, seen the movie, Watch so, it. yeah. Okay. Um, I did see Triangle of Sadness. and Oh, how was that, dude? It was not bad, you know. It was, it, I liked it. It was good. It was interesting, and there's definitely, like, uh, you know, a thought experiment to be had with that movie. Um, so... Uh, but I haven't seen Tar. People loved Tar. Dude, I like didn't. It wasn't even really on my radar, but like looking at kind of the snippets they showed during the like actual Oscars, I was like, this thing could actually kind of do some damage yeah. out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people seem to absolutely adore that movie. Not really sure what it was, but uh, yeah, that 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 was the vibe I got. That like, oh yeah, Tar's excellent. You know, we just that's what we do. Um, but anyways, so for me, it was either going to be the Daniels or Banshees of Inishirans. I thought I, bo- I thought both of those movies were like the best directed films, like just kind of like mm-hmm. when you think about directing, like how the entire piece kind of comes together. Ultimately, in the end, um, I guess everything everywhere all at once kind of maybe if I had to really think about it in like hindsight, it probably edges out Banshees of Inishirin kind of as like, you know, as a piece to kind of think about from a lens of how it's put together. But for me. You know, I think Banshees is, like, I liked it more than everything, everywhere, a lot of once, but I can see why that one. But what about you, Palmer? What were your thoughts around the best directing? No, dude, I was, like, like you, and those were my top two. And I'm telling you, any other year, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this, 
if Banshees was up against anything else, it would probably win. Mm-hmm. It's just that everything, everywhere, all at once was just such a like a darling this year. So mm. people were inspired. But dude, I really enjoyed the direction of Banshees because it's it's not really a movie where there's a whole lot going on. It's like no like crazy over the top like fight sequences or anything. It's just really character driven. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this sense of unease the entire time because I mean you're watching and you're like yo is this man really going to cut off his fingers like mm-hmm. what's his deal and then I thought just putting that together in such a way that it was it was like had the dark humor mm-hmm. so you were invested into that but then you really came to you know respect and appreciate the characters and you were interested in genuinely what happened with them I thought that I mean you just got to tip your hat off to that so I was conflicted I did go with the Daniels as well. And like you said, if I, if you really think about it, then I guess it would edge it out just because there was so much more going on in that. So I guess it maybe took a little bit more to make sure it was coherent. Um, but still like it was a, it was a nail biter for me. It was a close one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just like all the little touches that, uh, were in Banshees. Clearly Martin McDonough took uh, a lot of uh, a lot of care into way the way that he crafted that movie. There was a lot of really like small things and kind of the overarching message of the film and the metaphor that it was kind of like portraying. Um, he kind of wove that in like the background and like like because the backdrop of the war, the war itself was kind of like a metaphor and all that stuff to the conflict yeah. between um, uh, Colin Farrell and uh, wow. Um, completely Gleason. yeah <laughs> yes uh what you call it uh Gleason. wait what is it brandon brandon, oh brandon gleason brandon gleason yes um, yes 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 oh so yeah i just that's like what really drove home that 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 film for me was just like the way that he kind of incorporated all of that and also the way that like he had his actors you know play their roles i think yeah you know, Colin Farrell, Brandon Gleeson, everyone, Carrie Condon, Barry Dude, Kitt. four nominations. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, did all an excellent job, so. Definitely. Definitely. And I was going to say this before we go into the next category. There was a point of, not to say contention, but there were two no-shows famously at this particular award show. Tom Cruise did not show up. And James Cameron did not show up. Do you have any thoughts there? Or are you just like, eh, it's whatever. I feel like James Cameron ever felt ever since he kind of got well. He, if you remember, like two thousand nine, little James Cameron lore like here. Locker, like, we okay, go continue, way continue. back to the lore of James Cameron during Avatar. Avatar, biggest budget film of all, or like OG biggest highest grossing Avatar. film of all time. It was a blockbuster hit. Still is the highest grossing film of all time. But you look at the other. <laughs> films on that list like it was just titanic and then everything else on that list that i was reading out earlier did not exist so like this movie was just leaps ahead of you know in terms of its highest grossing film people loved it people were going crazy the oscars was even making fun of it i remember ben stiller dressed up in a freaking all blue navi um character and all that stuff anyways uh, James Cameron was offended that his because he built like this freaking motion capture technology. He's like, you know, real tech whiz and all that stuff. Um, he was like offended that his actors did not get nominated for um, uh, best acting and best actress for their portrayals in Avatar because he thinks the Academy snubbed 
their roles uh, because they were like CGI'd in, even though he's like, well, they were all motion capture, like every action that they take, facial expressions, all that. That was their performances. That wasn't something that we animated in. They weren't doing voiceover, and he felt snubbed by that. And I also mm. think he just never really, you know, kind of let that go in a weird way. I'm. This is all <laughs> hyper, you know, this is all speculative but i feel like he just doesn't really give a crap about the academy anymore like um you know he's like well i saw this movie got nominated for just like the same crap that it was in 2009 and like again snubbed for his acting because you know basically i think that's telling him he's like oh what i can't direct well oscar winning performances is that what you're telling me um so like even though like it's all cgi and it's like what i'm working on for the next like eight years so yep i will say it's also interesting before i would get back to that point but andy circus i believe played caesar in the new planet of the apes and well yeah you mean the old trilogy right well yeah yeah and he was like yeah he was surprised that he not say he was surprised he didn't get nominated but he was like it is interesting that they don't even consider people who do those kind like still doing the stop motion as you're saying Mm. but he's acting he's doing the voice he's doing all the mannerisms and whatnot and it's just I don't know what the deal is, why they don't consider that to necessarily yeah, have Yeah, I, I feel like it's just the Academy's, like, being snobby, you know? They're a little, they're a little, uh, what's the word, um, out of touch. <laughs> That's, uh... <laughs> Three words. Three words for you there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Three words. But I do know also that, um, famously, uh, James Cameron lost to his ex-wife. Who directed, I believe, was oh, the right. Rocker, right? Oh my gosh, I how could I forget <laughs> that lore? Yeah, dude. Also, so what like, has she uh, done? She did no, Zero I Dark Thirty after Hurt Locker, and I don't know what Catherine Bigelow has done since. Um, yeah, I was like, oh man, but that was, uh, I think that did not rub him the right <laughs> way either, <laughs> dude. Literally, I, oh, she did a movie called Detroit. Detroit, which honestly, from the sound of it, almost sound like it's like a, like a departed, like oh, it's set okay, in Detroit. Yeah, but yeah. I actually don't even know if that's true. Um, but yeah, she did that movie in 2017. Mm. Never heard of it, so I can't imagine it did too well. Mm, it yeah. made 26 million dollars in the box office. The budget the was budget. 40 million. It's like that sometimes. It. It's like that. It actually reviewed decently well. It has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, okay. It just seems like maybe a sleeper hit. Will Poulter's in it. Interesting. John Boyega's in it. What? Yeah. Dude, not a bad cast. Maybe it has the pieces. Maybe it has the parts. It's got the pieces. It's got the parts. But yeah, what is, you know, she has like, she did Hurt Locker and then they gave her Zero Dark 30. Which was probably argued, like, she followed up with Zero Dark Thirty, so, you know. That's a great follow-up. Yeah, it's a good follow-up, which I actually have never seen. Um, and uh, Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> and, but, you know, people said it was somewhat good. Maybe a little, like, you know, ha, we like torture, but, you know. Um, <laughs> I heard that was a criticism of the movie. There's, like, a torture scene, and they kind of, like, uh, were like, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, maybe we don't watch it. Um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. It's it's long. It's like nearly three hours. But anyways, but yeah, she she she. Maybe there's like another issue as we talk yeah, about you, you know women in Hollywood. I feel like 
you know, it's hard to be a, a woman director. Yeah, um, 100%. Dude. It's very, very male dominated. I mean, like, I think Greta Gerwig is carving a really big path. Um, but she's not dude, the first to do it. Like, she's obviously she's standing on the shoulders of, like, you know, giants. other of giants, um, but not to discredit her in any way. She's, yeah. I feel like she's probably the most, um, prolific name that i can think of other than maybe uh god wow chloe zhao yeah yes that's who i was thinking of nomad 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 land or nomad land what is greta working on right now barbie she just wrapped up barbie that's right that's right that's right right, right. or she's wrapping up barbie like i know it's something i knew it was something which i will watch (laughs) yes i will too i will too (laughs) um oh my gosh but all right, speaking... Okay, so transitioning from director... Sorry, I just had to throw that aside in there. Just because now we're looking at the best picture category and it had both Top Gun and Avatar mm. um, thrown in there as nominees. I guess... So we know everything, everywhere, all at once won. But did you have a dark horse outside of Banshees that you were like, maybe it has a shot? No, I really was... For me personally, cause mostly because I hadn't seen every film this year that... Uh, it was down to either everything everywhere all at once or Banshees of Inishirin. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of where I landed there. I didn't think Avatar or Top Gun was going to pull it out. I don't really even know why those movies were nominated, but I think they just needed to throw in some big budget um, movies to be nominated so like they can get normies to watch <laughs> like people who just like go to the movies to see like the big blockbuster movies and then like because like i feel like a lot of the times like average moviegoers people who are not like necessarily into the art of cinema will Mm. see like all the movies nominated for the academy and they're like the hell are these movies i've never heard of them um yeah my mom is that person she's like what is this like what is it even about and she'll like look it up and whatnot i'm like yeah She's like, I've never heard of that, and I'll be like, You've never heard of the Banshees of Venus Sharing? She's like, nope. <laughs> my parents, like, my okay. parents wouldn't have heard of that movie either. Um, okay. And like, it's not yeah. like you know, they hadn't even heard of uh, the movie Prisoners when I first um, showed that to them. Like, which mm. I mean, you know, it's not like a huge blockbuster movie. But, like, I remember one time we were on, like, vacation and it was, like, raining, hurricane, whatever. So we decided to, like, watch a movie indoors. And I was just, like, I, I had two movies picked out for everybody. Okay. And it was Prisoners and There Will Be Blood. Um, oh, good choice. Everybody dude. decided to watch Prisoners because the trailer seemed more enticing than There Will Be Blood. <laughs> even though There Will Be Blood is a far better movie. <laughs> Dude, I love There Will Be Blood. I think that's Paul Thomas Anderson's best film. Oh, uh, oh it definitely is. It has to be his best film. Like. 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's like nearly flawless like mm-hmm. on so many levels. Um, oh, man. But like, yeah. What I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Continue. No, no. I was going to say uh, I've, I've done this. Like I pulled out Sicario one time. And my my mm. family was like, what is this movie? I was like, just sit back. I think my parents it. liked Sicario when they watched it. Yeah. I think I told them to watch it. And like, I think they said they liked it. I don't okay, remember. Perfect. Maybe they said they didn't like it. I don't know. But it's a. Oh, don't say that. Um, I also told them to watch Wind River, which is like a slow burn thriller. Oh. Yeah, of course. With Jeremy Renner and uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, great, great flick, great flick. Also, did you see? Sorry, uh, just thinking about Jeremy Renner real sorry. quick. Did you Whoa! see the Disney thing that like there are not? A, I don't know if it's a Disney thing, but like he's like you know how he got like hurt in a snowmobile accident or whatever. Yes. But there's like a first interview trailer for him like returning, and literally people were dunking on it saying this is literally Vought. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> What? Oh my gosh! This is like Dang. Disney has become Vought. Vought, like for freaking um the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I definitely saw that he was like giving an exclusive to Diane Sawyer, mm-hmm. and I guess that premiered last night or two nights. It ago was on Disney Plus. It's on. Disney oh, I didn't Plus. even know that. Yeah, bro. it's what? it's like that's why people are like, this is literally Vought. Like life has become the boy. It's like oh my god! The boys is protecting, uh, you know, doing reality now. Um, Dude, I do love it when they spoof like real life things, like the Pepsi ad and like some of the other things <laughs> they've done in the past. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Um, and I need also when they started singing. Sorry, imagine in the most recent, I think it was the most recent season. <laughs> I lost it, bro. I lost it. <laughs> The, like, the boys. About I need that show to come back on. To it. come back, bro. My dad literally just asked me last night. He's like, "When is it coming back?" I was like, "Usually it comes in the fall, so we got some time." But it kills me every time, every time. Oh man, dang, dude, dang. Ah, what a time, what a time. All right, uh, you want to transition now to just some of the uh, the screenplays? We can go adapted and then original. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Um, I gotta look up these nominees. <laughs> yeah, uh, for adapted, you had Women Talking, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, and then Top Gun Maverick. And I think I guess I just figured out for the first time now, an adapted screenplay can be like a sequel, like a, a, a yeah, screenplay I, I, adapted. Okay, I, I learned that too. I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Because I guess there hasn't been that many sequels nominated yeah, for Best Adapted exactly. Screenplay, but I did. I mean, I guess there was two here: Knives Out and Top Gun. Yep, Top Gun. Um, Absolutely. Because like even Brahman was like, "Wait, what is like what was Knives Out based on?" I'm like, "Knives Out." <laughs> <laughs> yup, yup. I was like, "Yeah, what? Glass Onion? What? Yeah." Um, <laughs> oh man, it's like I know it's not a book. Mm-hmm. But uh, my sister in her book club read Women Talking, and she's like, "That's probably gonna win," so that's why I put it down. Like, that's right, fair. I don't, I didn't, I hadn't heard of it. Um, but it had like quite the cast. Yeah, and I hadn't even yes, heard of this movie. I know, dude. What ha- honestly, I in part blame the marketing budgets of these people mm-hmm. who don't just like put it out there because it's like you'll see these these movies nominated, and obviously, I know sometimes they're not trying to have a wide release, but at the same time, I'm like, if you want me to go see it, I have to know about it. I can't just. You know, yeah, I know. I, I feel like I need to be a little closer to the to the movie wires about like what's coming out. Yeah. Some even like even then, you'll still miss things. You know. Yes, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Like you'll be like, oh, what? That's out already. Unless like, it's like your, it, unless it's like your literal job to like go see every movie under the sun, like oh, some reviewers, which. I don't even know if review if every you know movie reviewer in the New York Times goes to see every movie every week, but. You're not wrong. They probably they're don't. Not, even though they're paid on it, they probably like look at the Wikipedia synopsis after. They probably just like only do movies that they like. They might have like a beat, really like, like they like have specific genres that they go and watch. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like you know, I'm sure there's not somebody who like whoever does the horror movie reviews probably only really watches horror movies. Yeah, 
That'd be a good setup, though. <laughs> it would be a good July, setup. Right? I'm like, we're going horror today and tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> I got work. Oh, yeah, what's your work? I got to go see a movie. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> and then right about days it. days in the office, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Tough day. <laughs> Had a beer at lunch. Ah, got to stretch it out, you know, got to get the blood circulating, <laughs> sitting down all day. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but for the best adapted screenplay, I didn't really think Glass Onion was Ryan Johnson's best work. Um, and maybe that was part of the execution. Like, it has had a lot of the grandiose effect, and I think uh, Daniel Craig is excellent. But that's not necessarily Dude, what we're talking about when we think about the writing of the uh, screenplay. I do think that... Um, it wasn't as good as the first, like in terms of like the overall mystery. And I felt like it just told you kind of what happened rather than, you know, fumbling around in the dark for a little bit before the grand reveal, much like the first one. Like basically yeah. the way that Glass Onion plays out is like things happen and then like it kind of walks you through it. Like it holds your hand as like you uncover it, there aren't like dead ends, which I felt like the first one did. There aren't like, you know, new clues to be discovered. It just kind of, everything was right on the money as it unfolded. Right. Like it just, mm -hmm. it just seemed, um, unfortunate that way. Uh, well, I, I heard that Ryan Johnson basically spent like 10 years developing knives out or something like that. And then he came up with Glass Onion like over the course of the pandemic, which is why it's like a slight subplot like mm. woven into the movie. So I know that like it didn't necessarily have the time to what's the word I'm looking for germinate as the first one did. I was still entertained. I mean, I like you said, I love Daniel Craig. I love what he's done with that character. And I mean, they they do a good job with the ensemble cast. I do kind of wish like it hadn't been so oh, this wasn't really even planned. It was just stupid and a coincidence. Yeah. But that definitely kind of came out a little bit. So maybe, like, I mean, I know we signed on to Netflix for a third, so yeah. hopefully that one kind of cuts the difference and just puts Hopefully, I, I I don't know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see, like, because there are definitely, there's a portion of the internet that just hates Ryan Johnson, if you didn't know. What? Yeah, after the last Jedi fiasco, which even though hilariously uh, I thought was the best of that whole trilogy uh you know yeah though when it comes to those franchise movies with their fan bases it can get a little yeah uh, the, 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 but the thing yeah people were just like upset i mean there was definitely parts of the last jedi that were terrible i think there's a whole plot that was bad but people were like bad about it for like racist reasons so oh, yeah not not great um but ultimately i'm just making sure she's fine um, but ultimately, so people just like haven't forgiven him for that. It was like 2016. Like, come on, guys. Um, but ult like overall, so I like I wonder if he really listens to the feedback. But <laughs> just because, yeah, <laughs> he's just like screw these people on the internet. Um, Do you know who I am? Yeah, I'm Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully he kind of comes back. And then I hadn't seen Top Gun Maverick, so I don't really know. Maybe kind of what the the whole plot is <laughs> nor do i nor do i and honestly i haven't really seen any of the movies outside of glass onion for best adapted screenplay so if women talking is a really great adaptation of the book women talking then by god let it let it win let it ride let it ride <laughs> 
I know that you saw, I guess, three of the five for the original screenplay. Okay, okay. Let me pull them. You saw everything ever all at once, Banshees, and then Triangle of Sadness? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, okay, this was the one I literally thought potentially Banshees could win. Okay, I thought a couple Banshees could win. It was close. It was close. But uh, I thought there was a possibility that Banshees could overtake everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I kind of was surprised that every. I mean, because I don't really think the idea behind everything everywhere all at once is that original, like. Like the like, I don't think that's a hot take. Like it's a multi-dimensional hot kind take. of like, <laughs> you know, you know, drama which has its own like little layers and it's goofy and it's silly. But ultimately, it's like a very simple story uh, where it's just like a mother-daughter relationship and they kind of like go through like this whole multi-dimensional side fiction um, uh, kind of twist on it all. Uh, but like that that whole like if you separate these two kind of pillars of the story they're not like that horribly original when you like look at them on paper as like uh as like even like i'm not talking like the idea i'm talking about like the execution right like the executions Mm. aren't like that necessarily original they're kind of um very basic in my in my opinion I, i do think that everything everywhere all at once has a very in unique take in the sense of that it's like really wacky, it's goofy, and it doesn't take itself too seriously when it comes to like the multidimensional stuff. Um, but then that's like contrasted with the actual serious subject matter, which is like a generational divide between, you know, um, mother daughter. Her daughter is you know gay and. Uh, not and like she's struggling with you know being comfortable in her own identity and kind of bridging that generational gap with her um uh, you know conservative air quotes mother uh, yeah. which is also in that execution isn't that like unique in a way but i guess when you mix them together it's a very interesting story um so that's totally. that's cool but i do think banshees is like like a master class of like a like a really good kind of macabre like dark comedy type of story about a friendship falling apart and i just really enjoyed it and it's especially kind of driven by these really really strong characters and like the way that their dynamic is written so i just thought banshees was a better you know screenplay from that perspective than everything everywhere all was but what were your thoughts no it's kind of hard because it's you're so influenced by the the movie coming all together. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. obviously the direction, the actors and everything. But in my head, I'm just like, I wish I could just read them. Mm-hmm. Like literally just because I think if I was able to read it, you might not necessarily be able to see the vision for everything all every, everywhere all at once, but you'd get the gist of it. But once again, I feel like the one I just kind of breeze through the most would be Banshees just because it's not over the top. It's not crazy complicated, but it's like you want to know what happens and um, there were a lot of moving parts with everything everywhere all at once. So it's not necessarily like it comes together conclusively. I think by virtue of the fact that it had so many things going for it, it pulled through in that regard too. But I really, really feel like Banshees could have could have made a case here. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And like, it's hard to like determine, like you said, 
like how do people determine what's like you know the best original screenplay like do they just look at it in a vacuum because the, the only way we are exposed to these movies is when everything has kind of come together and so it's it's yep. hard to kind of just like isolate it down to just the screenplay and determine whether or not this like screenplay and like and i don't know how the academy necessarily measures what is the better film like how people de- like determine their vote you know it's it's hard uh I, I i don't know and like i like movies we like film this is like that that's like what this podcast is and i don't think we have like the methodology for like what they even do to determine that um so yeah dude yeah so goodness that was really the night man mm-hmm. that was the night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any uh any other thoughts around the 2023 academy awards um uneventful i would say i mean you know i know 2022 was very um unique um but i don't know i just don't really remember too much from the 2023 oscar night like other than like the awards and stuff i did feel bad for some of the people who like couldn't talk who like the academy just like rushed them off stage in like 10 seconds there's like that one person i can't remember who it was but i was like dang just let them talk I know. Give him like two seconds. Yeah. He just said, I think it was like, he was like, "Thank you." Or just, I was like, "Ah." No, he was like, he was about to like thank his like mom or something or his dad or his parents. Yeah. Or whoever it was. Um. Yeah, it was a, I was like, okay. It was just like a you know Oscars without a hitch, you know. Yep. As Jimmy yep. Kimmel honestly, said. what they could do is just film everything beforehand cut it down so it's not live and then just stream it that way so everybody gets to talk like yeah except they i think they did that with some awards before and i feel like people didn't like that like it felt felt like it was like underappreciated for like certain awards maybe the emmys did that maybe that's who i'm thinking of where like they just or i felt like the oscars like recorded like a lot of like the, the smaller awards and like beforehand they gave them out and then they were just like okay we're gonna only do the big awards tonight which people didn't like because you know people this is like for the costume designers that's their craft that's their whole world like, yeah you know their whole life and they aren't making as much as the actors who are like mm-hmm. you know gonna win the awards, this is like so their night to also be recognized so i think they kind of moved Absolutely. away from that pretty quickly but yeah well. no that was a good call that was a good call I swear there was one other thing I had to say about it. Oh, just like I loved the the not to not to like guys who like sang for their their speech. Mm-hmm. That was actually pretty funny. Oh man, but yeah, perfect. All right, well, if that's all you got, Palmer. That is all I got, bud. Right, well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. This has been the What You Got podcast. Make sure to follow us wherever you get or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to hit us up on social media. We drop podcast episodes every Monday evening, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> it's been a little sporadic right now, but we'll get back to it in the full swing soon enough. Um, Palmer, why don't you let them know where they can follow us on social media? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, what you spell W H A T C H A. Or on Twitter at What You Got Cast, what just spelled the same way. And next week, we're going to talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. A bit of a dark horse that we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that kind of came in and swept a lot of awards. I don't think anybody was expecting that. I certainly wasn't. We haven't seen the movie. So now we are going to review it uh, going into next week. You can hear more about it 
uh, that episode. So if you're interested, be sure to drop a follow. Hit us up on that social media. Let us know what you thought about the Oscars. And until next week, 